Welcome to this episode of WikiWalks, a short podcast devoted to some of the more intriguing and, huh, who knew, articles that you can run across in the weird world of Wikipedia. I'm your host, Chris Grismer. I assume if you've already gotten this far, what are we, episode 13? You must have already left a glowing review on iTunes. Surely! Maybe share this on your Friendster page. Perhaps this would actually be the perfect episode to highlight on your JDate profile. Why? Because did you know? There is a wire that goes around almost the entirety of Manhattan because of New York's Orthodox Jewish population. What? Huh, how is that a thing? Well, let's start at the beginning. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. And a whole lot of laws, like... A lot of them. There are 613 commandments. You know, the famous 10 were just a mere appetizer, a wafer-thin scant collection of what would eventually be an entire entree of must-dos. However, within those 10, one of the commandments says on the Sabbath you can't do melacha, which means work. But then this raises an important clarification. What exactly is work? I mean, trying to get people to like our Facebook page, or tell their friends about WikiWalks? Yes, that. That is work. Spending my days reading nonsense on Wikipedia, socially distancing while enjoying a pina colada in my hammock wearing nothing but a smile for the neighbors? No, that is not work. That's me time. So, who's to say what the real working definition of work even is? Well, after the second Jewish temple was destroyed by those pesky Romans in 70 AD, A group of rabbis gathered at a place called Yevna, where they wrote down a bunch of rules that had been passed down in oral tradition called the Mishnah, which was eventually expanded with another document called the Gemara, which all combined to create the Talmud. In the Talmud, rabbis pored over the meaning of work and decided it needed a more clear-cut definition. They used the building of a tabernacle for reference, as the Torah referred to the tabernacle's construction also as melacha, So there you go. Now, let me backtrack for a second. Back in the days when the Jews wandered the desert for 40 years, they had a portable dwelling place slash mondo tent for God called a tabernacle. Now, this is pre-Temple days, so the tabernacle was as good as they could muster in those ramshackle Bedouin times. You want me to build a full temple in this economy? But the tabernacle was critically important. The inner sanctum was the Holy of Holies. The tribe of Levi, also known as the Levites, were in charge of the construction as they were the priests. And it's from their rules that we get the book of Leviticus. Now you know. So the rabbi said, anything you would have to do to build a tabernacle, that counts as work. So that's a lot. There's a whole additional article on Wikipedia about activities prohibited on Shabbat, and it is not insignificant. There are in fact 39 different things that are prohibited on Shabbat. So from just before dusk on Friday to just after dusk on Saturday, that's Shabbat, you are not allowed to engage in writing, cooking, sewing, lighting a fire, putting out a fire, the act of completing anything. Yes, completion was outlawed. If you wanted to finish your single-player campaign of Call of Duty or finish painting a doghouse or find the last Where's Waldo Waldo, not okay. No completing. Some believe that turning on a light was technically completing a circuit, so you can't do that either. In fact, some synagogues would hire Gentiles, a.k.a. goys, a.k.a. non-Jews, to turn on the light to the synagogue on Shabbat. 
And also, germane to our Manhattan Wire story, carrying anything. Also prohibited. Can't carry. Now, specifically, you couldn't carry an item from a private domain to a public domain. So, if you wanted to carry your keys with you from your house to the bakery across the street, no go. Pushing a stroller from one place to another, hoy, not gonna happen. However, rabbis came up with something called an eruv, which was first a fence that would be placed around the entirety of a village and would enclose it as one singular private domain. However, as our current political climate will tell you, putting up walls can be expensive and laborious. So they opted for a more symbolic gesture and shrunk down that wall to just a wire. So as long as you were within the boundary of the wire, you were in a private domain, and carrying things was totally cool. In fact, there are over 200 eruvs in North America right now. That's probably where you are, North America, and you are surrounded by Talmudic law wires, and you didn't even know it. This show is recorded in Central Texas, and even Austin has a giant eruv that goes around a particularly densely Jewish area so that they can keep Shabbat laws. Oh, but the big Abba of them all is in New York. A nearly invisible wire runs from 126th Street in Harlem all the way down to Battery Park and back up to 111th along the East River. This line has been in place, in some form or another, for just over a century. Once a week, before sunrise, a dedicated rabbi will inspect the integrity of the Eruv from start to finish. He will drive the entirety of the perimeter of Manhattan and make sure it's still standing and structurally sound. The cost of maintaining this enormous wire usually runs around $100,000 a year and is shared by many of New York's abundant synagogues. The Eruv embodies one of the more beautiful qualities of Judaism and Jewish history and how Jews have adapted the places in which they live to accommodate Sabbath practice. Judaism has a rich history of tradition and laws with an equally rich tapestry of loopholes to circumvent these laws. So, the next time your significant other wants you to do a little extra yard work on a Saturday, maybe go string up some wire, park yourself outside it, refuse to toil, and loudly declare, you're just doing the Lord's work. <laughs>